Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Check out the critically acclaimed release, Curse of the Red River, the brand new full-length album by Baron Earth. This album combines the best elements of metal, prog, and more obscure psychedelic rock. Visit Peaceville at P-E-A-C-E-V-I-L-L-E.com to buy the CD and to check out other great metal acts. Use the links in today's show notes of the Talking Metal podcast to open your iTunes and download Barren Earth. from the infamous Ace Freely Band, and you are listening to Talking Metal, your premier metal station. Hi, this is Opaliner from Baron Earth. You are listening to Talking Metal. Stay cursed. Hi, this is Ace Freely, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Keep rocking. All right. What's up? This is Bam Margera, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Bill. And this is Brent, and we are in... Mastodon. You're listening to Talking Metal, dude. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. John here. Turn the microphone over to Mark Striegel. Hey. Just got back from a vacation, was out in Indiana for a few uh, days, almost a week actually. It's good to be back in the New York area and New Jersey area. We are... uh, Taking a little lunch break here today from our jobs and talking to you from Midtown Manhattan 30 Rock today. We're going to get 
into the show in just a second here. We have Ali, a.k.a. Opu, from the band Barren Earth. He is the founder, bassist of the band. And, uh, boy, I tell you, they sound great. They are doing a sponsorship with us here on the podcast. And I'm honored because this is a great band. No doubt about it. Uh, really enjoyed hearing the material and definitely proud to have Barren Earth as a sponsor for the Talking Metal podcast. Make sure you pick up their new record. It's Curse of the Red River. It is out now in the U.S., and uh, it's been out for a while in Europe. This band, again, is Barren Earth. They are from Finland. Why don't we get into a little music and hear an interview with Ollie? Sounds great. And then uh, later on the show, we've got Anthony Esposito from Aces Band. Hey, this is Mark from Talking Metal, and on the line, we have Opu from Barren Earth. How are you, man? Hi, Mark. Um, I'm fine. Uh, just like uh, our, our album was released in Finland uh, at Wednesday, and uh, it's like pretty exciting to wait and see how it will be received. So we are, of course, talking about the band Barren Earth, and their new release, first full-length release, Curse of the Red River. Now, you guys had an EP that came out last, I believe, fall here in the States, but mm-hmm. this album is all new material, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, 
we did uh, the EP and uh, and the album uh, in the same sessions, but um, uh, of course there are two additional demo tracks in uh, in the EP. But um, anyhow, we had like uh, eleven songs from which we uh, took two songs to the EP and uh, put rest to the album. Cool. Now, can you for? For the, the Talking Metal listeners who might not know about Barren Earth, can you give us just a brief history of how you guys actually got together and who's actually in the band? Yeah, um, well, we all, all know each other uh, from uh, the previous connections. And um, actually, I've played uh, with uh, with Marco uh, in a band called Chaos Breed. Um Right. Uh, it was kind of old school death metal uh, in a way of entombed and stuff like that. Uh, and then Casper uh, is also my old um, old friend from uh, from Amorphis, and uh, we we played played together in in the early nineties. And Casper is the keyboardist, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and we also had a kind of progressive rock band with uh, Marco and Casper a few years ago. Uh, but that tied up for some reason. Um, and I've known Sami, the guitar player, lead guitar player, for a long time, um, uh, from the early 90s. And um, I actually saw him playing live somewhere uh, in the 80s already. So uh, I've, I've, no, I've known him like for like quite since. Um, and I've played also with Janne in... Um, we had a death tribute kick when uh, Chuck Schuldiner died. Oh, okay. And, Chuck Schuldiner, yeah. sure. And um, it, that was kind of... Uh, that project kind of led to Chaos Breed, and uh, Janne played, played in uh, in that tribute band called Evil Chucks. And, um, well, this is how we all know each other, and uh, I, tr- I started to uh, put the band together uh, in... 2007, and at uh, first I called Marco and Janne, and uh, there it started to snowball um, uh, until uh, we demoed uh, four songs in the summer of 2008. And um, uh, after that, we fig- started to figure out who should sing in the band. And um, we all agreed that it should be we we should have crawling vocals and also clean vocals. Uh, so um, and Marco recalled Mikko because Musoro, where Mar- Marco plays, um, in which Marco plays, right. also um, they toured with Swallow the Sun. So um, and Mikko is the lead, lead singer in in that band. So uh, they knew each other and uh, we all thought that he would be the guy for uh, for Baron Earth, so uh, we called him and he agreed, and uh, there it all started somehow. Um, it was about a week after he agreed to join the band when when we went to the studio to nail the uh, lead vocals, um, and then we just started to spread the demo to to various um, labels. And that peaceful was was the best, best one of them, which, which answered our call. 
Cool. Well, the I had the uh, opportunity to hear some of the album, and I think it sounds just great. It has so many. I hear so many different influences uh, from from death metal to even like psychedelic, you know, music from like the nineteen sixties and seventies. And I wanted to ask you about some of that. Are you a big fan of nineteen sixties and seventies rock bands? Well, yeah, um, I have to admit that uh, I very rarely listen to metal music these days. Really? Well, so, so um, uh, of course, I um, I stick to the old classics like Morbid Angel and Bolt Rover and um, Entombed, stuff sure. like that, uh, but not too many modern metal bands. Opeth is great, of course, and uh, well, Paradise Lost. But yeah. I, I I prefer the old ones anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. but um, yeah, uh, we we uh, we all listen to seventies uh, progressive rock music. What are some of your favorites from the seventies? Uh, well, I'd say King Crimson, Floyd, um, Emerson, like Palmer. Sure. And there were also great uh, progressive rock bands in Finland uh, during during seventies, like folkish progressive rock. Oh, cool! Uh, and th- this is uh, maybe this is maybe the source which makes uh, Finnish uh, metal music quite exotic. Because, uh, um, uh, for example, we listen to those uh, folky progressive bands from 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 the seventies. Finnish bands. What are some of those bands that you're you're talking about? The Finnish bands. Okay, the, the, um, there is a band called Pirpauke, um, uh, and uh, actually it's. The guy who um, played flute and saxophone in uh, some amorphous albums, he, he is the uh, main man from from that band. Oh, okay. Uh, and also there is a band called Kingston Wall. Um, that, that they are like um, they uh, they were active um, in early nineties actually, but they they are like a great influence personally for me. Um, and then there was Week One, uh, which was like a kind of poppy prog um, band. Uh, they had a few great albums, also some bad albums, but um, but um, yeah, those are those are the progressive rock bands. And uh, we also did jazz, um, Miles Davis, John oh, Coltrane, cool. um, and also when it comes to sixties, Beatles, Jimi Hendrix. Stuff like that. All my brothers. Right. Very cool. Very cool. A lot of great bands yeah. there. Uh, I was impressed by the the cover artwork for the new record, Curse of the Red River by Baron Earth. Can you tell me about that? Who actually uh, created the cover artwork? Uh, Travis Smith is the um, artist who, who did the album cover. Um, well, um, uh, first of all, uh, it f- felt a little bit too obvious um, choice for us because he he has done so many like metal albums recently, like um, Opet, um, maybe five latest album oh, okay. and stuff like that. So, uh, um, but Peace will wanted to use him, and of course, um, we were excited to have him because uh, we didn't expect to uh, work with uh, such an artist. So, uh, uh, well, Marco did some really rough uh, sketch, uh, like sketch drawing for the uh, booklet and sent it to um, Travis 
and he uh, kind of expanded upon it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, so uh, the, when he sent the first suggestions to us, like uh, we were already <laughs> sold. Like uh, uh, it's very old school. Still, there is like um, painting sort of feeling. Like uh, uh, well, it is. It is like a, it, for some some like um, it. It could be like a scene as a little bit naive, like metal cover as well, but uh, uh, it, there, like in our music, there is this brutal and ugly side and then beautiful side as well. So right. this, this cover represents our music in that way. Cool, yeah, I think it looks great. I wanted to ask you, are there plans to tour? Yeah, uh, well, um, we've been planning to tour in Europe uh, in next October, um, uh, and in Finland next May, but um, everything else is open, and it, it dep- really depends uh, quite much uh, of the uh, response, overall response for the album. If it goes well, of course, we will uh, start to uh, reschedule uh, our uh, uh, plans. But, um, it's really hard to say at this point what will happen. But uh, our, our aim is to tour, of course. And sooner or later we will tour in America too, but uh, it's very hard to say when. Cool. Well, I would just want to remind the Talking Metal listeners that the album is, by the time you hear this interview on the podcast, will be out on iTunes and in stores. It is Barren Earth, and the album is called Curse of the Red River. It is out on Peaceville Records. You should definitely check it out, and we are thrilled to be featuring some of the music here on the podcast today. If we could get a Talking Metal ID from you saying your name, your band, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Yeah, sure. Um, hi, this is Opalina from Barren Earth. You are listening to Talking Metal. Stay cursed. Great. Thanks so much for checking in with us. We wish you the best of luck, and the album does sound great. I sincerely mean that. Okay, that's very nice to hear. (laughs) Thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Big thanks to Opu from Barren Earth, a.k.a. Ollie from Barren Earth, the bassist founder of the great Finland progressive death metal band. And uh, we are honored to have them as a sponsor here on the Talking Metal podcast. Show your support by using the links in today's show notes that will open up your iTunes, take you right to Curse of the Red River, and you can download that directly to your iTunes. Or go to the Peaceville website where you can uh, purchase the actual CD. We have Anthony Esposito coming up in just a minute. This is a interview that John conducted along with Victor from Mars Attacks. Uh, they interviewed Anthony a few weeks ago, and it was right after John got off a tour with Anthony and Ace. You guys uh, did a little East Coast tour here, right? Yeah, it was amazing, guys. Uh, let me tell you, you know how much I love Ace Frehley, uh, like all of you do as well, or many of you do. And uh, it was an honor for me to go on tour with the guys. And uh, let me tell you, Anthony is great. You'll hear this in the interview, but not only does he handle the bass duties, but he handles tour managing as well, and he does a great job at it. And uh, it was just fun to hang out with all those guys. I, I've been uh, talking to Todd Youth a lot uh, on the phone. He's back in L.A. And, uh, you know, all of the guys, Anthony, Todd, Scotty Coogan, and the whole crew, everybody is, is really cool and uh, just had a great time hanging out. Cool. Well, let's get into that interview in a minute. First, we have a few letters we're going to read. I wanted to mention I'm very excited that Tony Iommi is working again with uh, Ian Gillen. Did you hear that? They're going to be writing some new material together. That is great, man. I really uh, was psyched when we had Ian Gillen on Talking Metal, and he was you know, always one of my favorite singers since I was a little kid. Probably one of the first songs I ever played. Most guitar players you know, were into the song Smoke on the Water, and, and I just loved that tune. And... Uh, in that interview, if you go way back, guys, uh, try to find that on, on the TalkingMetal.com site, uh, you'll hear there, there was some really touching stuff that uh, Ian Gilling said about Armenia. And I, as some of you may know, I have a connection to uh, some Armenian people. So uh, I always remember that interview specifically. And the new music, of course, that he's working on with Tony Iommi will also uh, benefit a charity, I guess, that is involved with Armenia. So uh, that's very cool stuff. We're also happy to hear that Gilby Clark has announced uh, his first show since he was in that horrible motorcycle accident, uh, hit-and-run accident, actually, last January. So he is back on his feet, I guess, and uh, will be playing in Renando Beach, California at Brixton on May 28th. You know what? Uh, believe it or not, that is the same town that we interviewed Don Dockin in. And I have another uh, neat thing. Uh, remember when, and you guys will hear this, we asked Anthony Esposito in the interview, you know, what does he think about Dockin reuniting with George Lynch? And he basically really didn't have any comment, but he has since gotten back to me and he does have a comment. Basically, it's they're doing it because they have to, not because they want to. What does that mean? I think that means that, you know, they really don't want to, you know, it's not like their favorite thing to get together, but I guess, you know, the music business is kind of tough right now, and it, it, basically it, I got the vibe that that means that, you know, they're just looking to, to make a living, and this is probably the only idea they got left. So Doc and the band can probably make more money booking a gig with George Lynch on guitar than they could with John Levin or somebody else for that matter. Right, right. That's that's what I take from that short comment. Uh, and so take it for, what's that expression? Whatever you guys want to read into it, but that was that was the comment. I don't want to put words in Anthony's mouth, but it, basically Anthony just said they're doing it because they have to, not because they want to. 
in his opinion. Cool. Uh, I'm reading right now a great book called Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill. It's about this kind of gothic, maybe heavy metal-ish type rocker and uh, some haunting that uh, he has uh, going on in his life. And it's written by Joe Hill, who is actually uh, a.k.a. Uh, Joseph Hillendale King or something. He's Stephen King's son. And it is a great book and definitely has a rock and roll vibe. A lot of talk about some of our favorite rockers like uh, Trent Reznor and Ozzy Osbourne and stuff like that in the book. So highly recommend that to anybody who likes a good scare. Speaking of Ozzy, I just completed his book, I Am Ozzy, which is also another great read. Uh, highly recommend it to you guys out there. You want to read a letter, John? Yeah, sounds good. This letter is from Rob. It says, hey, Mark and John, I just wanted to tell you guys how much I love your Talking Metal podcast and just everything you two are doing for metal and sci-fi in general. I first discovered your podcast about two months ago, and at first I just downloaded the more recent episodes, then went right back to episode 100, started from the beginning. I find your deep love for metal music to be refreshing and educational at the same time as well as pretty damn funny. One of my new favorite sayings is, that's out of control. <laughs> and for the guy that said he thinks you guys are cheesy, well, I think you guys are just the right amount of cheese. And I mean that in a good way. Like, no one or nothing in metal has ever been cheesy. Yeah, I mean, just look at some of the death and black metal bands out there. Talk about cheese. But then it get in, in a good way. Anyway, a bit about me. Uh, he just turned 44 yesterday, March 12th. And he's a total metalhead, music, sci-fi, horror freak for life. And he's from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And he goes to as many shows as, he's, as he can. Uh, so, Rob, thanks very, very much. Um, I love your email address uh, with the Bathory reference. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate your taking the time out to listen to Talking Metal. Cool. And speaking of cheese, here is some village people news uh, from Alex. Hey, love the show, but I wanted to fill you in on the correct info on the village people. The original cop was, as mentioned, married to the wife on the Cosby show. Uh, that was Victor Willis. Victor was replaced by Ray Simpson in 1979, who, as mentioned, sang backup vocals on Kiss's song, Tomorrow and Tonight. Also, the village people do perform with three original members. Philippe Rose, who is the uh, Native American. Uh, I, I still call them Indians yeah, myself, I <laughs> but I guess that's not PC. Uh, Alexander Brilly, who is the soldier. And David Hodo, who is the construction man. And, uh, oh, uh, he, I guess he was out of the band from 1982 to 1987, but apparently is now back. Uh, the band is rounded out with Jeff Olson, the cowboy who has been a member since 1980. Ray Simpson, who is the cop, and I guess has been the cop since 79. And Eric, who is the biker since 1995. Anyways, uh, he has set us straight on our village people talk from, I guess, a few episodes ago. Uh, and Alex says, uh, anyways, uh, figured I'd update you and correct you. Ha, ha, ha. Love the show. Take care, Alex Bagboy. Walker. Uh, thanks, Alex. We appreciate you setting the record straight on that. Yeah, I always remember that, that name, David Hodo. I guess back in the back in the old days in the seventies, and you know, village people were on Casablanca and Kiss were on Casablanca. So I, I would see stories about them in in you know some of the same magazines, and I think they actually had village people cards too. 
back in the day. Like, you know, Kiss had Kiss cards, they had Village People cards, and I think my cousin had a pack. I don't think we understood that they were gay and all this. Right, no. except, except some of those dudes weren't gay, apparently, now. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, again, guys, support Barren Earth. We uh, had their interview earlier in the show. Again, go to iTunes and download those tracks. John and Victor uh, interviewed Anthony Esposito from Lynch Mob and Ace Frehley. And I wanted to mention that Victor has a show called Mars Attacks, which is on markstriegelradio.com. And that is on every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So check it out. It's a great show. Let's talk about it. Why don't we tell the listeners about how this interview came together with me and Victor doing an interview. And basically what happened was Victor was in town and... uh, you guys decided to do a live Mars Attack show, so uh, Victor and you know was nice enough to invite me down uh, to to be part of it, and you were there. So I did an interview with Victor and Anthony, and then you did an interview with Victor as well. Yeah, we interviewed Joey Z, which we will bring to you in a future podcast. Um, yeah, and and what we'll do, Mars Attacks is a great show, guys. You definitely got to tune in, and we will actually. On today's show, after the Anthony interview uh, ends, we'll just let the rest of Mars Attacks play out in its full, in its entirety, here on uh, TalkingMetal.com. So check it out and enjoy Talking Metal and enjoy Mars Attacks. Uh, I believe Mars Attacks is also now available in podcast form. Definitely, definitely. Here's a little, what you, little lynch mob when we'll get into the interview. Yeah, we're going to hear a little bit uh, from Anthony back when he was uh, with George Lynch and Lynch Mob. We're going to go into the interview and then come out with some more music and then uh, just some chatting from uh, Talking Metal Guys and Victor from Mars Attacks. Cool. And if you don't own Anomaly, Ace's album yet, definitely go pick it up. Yeah, definitely. Special thanks to Anthony Esposito for appearing on the show. Thanks, Ben.
on the phone after much technical difficulty here. We have uh, Anthony Esposito, former... Oh, finally got through. Finally got through. Sorry about that, Anthony. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, most of you people know Anthony probably from Lynch Mob, and there are some of you out there that obviously know him from Ace's band as well. So um, aside from that, also wanted to mention that we do have John Astronomy in the studio, who... Uh, does uh, work somewhat closely with Anthony as well. Hey, Anthony, it's John. <laughs> hey, John, how are you feeling after that last run? <laughs> it was great. It was great. Uh, Ace just, uh, I, I texted you before, I sent him away today in the uh, the limo to the airport. And uh, after a few days of post uh tour production uh, here in the city and uh, it was a great run and Anthony I wanted to tell you how great of a job that that I know that you did uh, you know handling the band and tour managing this tour and I think it's amazing that you really like not only to to handle the bass duties but you really like to do the tour managing yeah I kind of get I'm kind of like bored out of my mind if I don't have something to do and you know it's like uh you end up sitting around in hotel rooms all the time, just waiting, waiting for sound check, and then waiting for the gig to start, and then doing it again. You know, driving to the next town and waiting again. I, I, I kind of like the added responsibility of uh, watching the numbers, counting the money, and making sure everybody gets everything done right. And uh, I, I like the responsibility; it makes the day go by faster. And it works like clockwork, Anthony. You guys are amazing the way that, you know, you've got the gear travels, you well, know. As long as it's got to the plane on time. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's my duty. And, uh, we, yeah, we, were, we were good. Part. What's that? You have the hardest part. Yeah. Ace is the hardest thing to do. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we did great. We had the, the three gigs were amazing. And uh, I'm just looking forward for more to come. Yeah, I'm I'm really loving the new lineup. I'm really loving what Todd Youth brings to the band, um, and uh, we we really enjoy playing on stage together and and with Scott. And it, it's a it's a really great it's a fun bunch to be around, and it's it's just really a great situation to be in. And everybody who's involved just wants to like play more you know we just want to keep playing and you know and just just keep working it because we really enjoy it no doubt about it cool and uh as far as the tour managing is concerned is this the first time that you've done that with a band <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think and i think ace to do it <laughs> yeah i was just just gonna say that one of the most legendary names ah, let's just take a you know first stab at you know going with something big why you know look for something little so but you know i ran i ran a recording studio in new york for 15 years and um and also my other my other job that i do is i design sets for um for tv shows and commercials and and touring bands and videos and stuff so i mean i'm running two companies and it's kind it's kind of like it's the same thing numbers are numbers and business is business and it what comes in and what goes out and you just got to keep track of everything and so i mean i guess that primed me for that you know Gotcha. Okay. And how did you initially get involved with Ace? Um, I was introduced to him by a Hell's Angel. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, uh, the gentleman has passed on since since 
the introduction to Ace, but um, he just said basically, you know, you're you're somebody who needs to meet Ace, and Ace needs to meet you, and he thought that the two of us would work work well together, and, and that I would um, help Ace be Ace, you know, and uh, and I'm glad it was. It's a great relationship. I, 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 he's, Ace is one of my best friends, and and uh, I really enjoy playing with him, and he's a musical genius. Mm-hmm. And uh, he <clears throat> doesn't get one tenth of the credit that he deserves as a musician <laughs> or a guitar player or just a, an artist. You know, he's he's so gifted, and I, I feel lucky to be around him. You know, I'm with you there, hundred percent. I think that's uh, one of my most uh, common fought battles is you know going out there and saying you know Ace is maybe given a tenth of you know, the credit that he deserves with so many things, not only what he did with Kiss, but as a solo artist, different things that he's done to push the envelope over the years and how many people he's actually influenced. You know, that's what's oh, yeah. a, what's amazing. I was talking to uh, John and Mark before. We were saying how, you know, uh, the artists themselves don't start a lot of this, you know, crap that's stirred up. It's a lot of, you know, people on the Internet or whatever, but a lot of artists actually dig Ace, you know, and are very influenced by him. And a lot of big names, you know, we're not talking about, you know, (laughs) everyday cover bands. As big as they get, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, how much were you involved in actually helping Ace out with Anomaly? I know that you wrote some of the songs and you actually... No, I didn't write any of the songs. You didn't? Okay, you played on some of the the, songs. In the beginning, he wanted me to co-write with him. And and I told him flat out, I'm like, if I co-write with you, that's just going to get in the way of what the fans want. Okay. I think the fans want what's in your heart and what's in your head right now because you haven't done a solo record in so long. Uh, and I was just like, if I intersperse anything that are my ideas, it's just going to get in the way of what the fans want to hear. They, they want to hear what, what's going on in your world right now. And I said, I, I'll be happy to be your brain. Okay. And I'll I'll remember. Okay, yeah. The last time we did pain in the neck, the we did three verses here, and then we went to an A chord, or you know what it is. And I, I was sort of like the um, the documentarian of the whole thing. But it, he had a bunch of uh, <clears throat> like little digital recorders that he had, you know, noodled around with song ideas while he was out on the last Kiss tour, and and there was some old stuff floating around that he had done. And uh, we sort of gotten it was we got into a room. It was me, him, and uh, Anton Fig, okay. and we just basically sort of flushed the songs out and played them. And it's a lot easy. It, it's a lot easier when you're in a room playing the songs live right. to change parts on the spot and go, oh, okay, let's try let's try this section from this other song, and 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 here, and you know what I mean. It's just so easy right. just to do it automatically. So it was basically me. It was basically. Ace, Anton, and myself, and um, that was when I, I still had my recording studio, and uh, so we basically got together and worked on the tunes and then started rolling tape, and at that time, Jay Messina was engineering, who had engineered all the Jack Douglas records that he did, all the early Aerosmith and the John Lennon records and, and all that stuff, so we had a really great engineer, okay. and um, and he was just capturing it all on, on tape, and then then I lost my lease to the studio, and we brought my gear up to Ace's house, and uh, that's when we transferred a lot of this stuff into Pro Tools, 
and uh, Ace started doing all his guitar magic and, and doing his vocals and stuff. And um, and that, I was I was involved pretty much three quarters of the way in, and then um, I sort of got a little bit pushed away from the whole project, and it sort of got hijacked by somebody else. And um, okay. then it went to L.A. and he did Fox on the Run and, and mixed it in L.A. and uh, and that was it. Okay. <laughs> And did you have any involvement in picking the rhythm guitarist or going with Scott yeah. Coogan or anything, or was that all just yeah, Ace? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, Ace sort of like, originally I wanted Todd to do it, but Todd was already scheduled. We had those dates in the beginning. The first show was uh, right around Halloween at the Hard Rock in Times Square, and we did a, uh, an unannounced show at Chance in Poughkeepsie, okay. and Todd had already committed to Glenn to go out with Danzig for a Halloween run that year. Gotcha. So okay. Todd was actually the one that I really wanted to do in the beginning, and then we had this other guy who I really wanted it to do as well. His name was Jason Hook, and uh, Jason was actually uh, had the spot, and then we went back and did the record, and he couldn't wait because Ace was doing all the, all the recording, obviously, of the guitars, so he couldn't wait around for eight months so he went out with alice cooper and, and right. now he's been five finger death punch right right, right. But, um so when this opportunity came back then todd just walked right back in he was one of our initial two that we wanted and scott was an old friend of mine because he was played on that amazing record that seems like nobody knows about with oni and rowan called violet's demise after oni left lynch mob they were right. on atlantic and dave jordan did that record with them and I was always like, he was one of those drummers that I always wanted to play with. So Ace was like, do you know any guys that you'd be interested in playing with? And I was like, well, this is the drummer that we got to get down. And we didn't even audition anybody else. Scott came down and it was done. And then um, when Todd and Jason couldn't do that run, um, we basically held an audition in New York. And we had about 10 guys come down. And um, I think I got nine out of the 10 of them down there. And Derek was one of them. Okay. So the switch from Derek back to Todd wasn't that there was any animosity or anything. It was just that you guys wanted to go with the original plan with Todd. Well, I mean, that, that, that's an ace question. I mean, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was it was time to make a switch, so we made it. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And uh, going back to, you mentioned Oni Logan, um, going back to Lynch Mob, what is the difference between working with Ace as opposed to George Lynch? Because they're both, you know, well, guitar masters. Ace's band, it's like, it's not a band, it's a solo thing. Okay. You know, I'm I'm a hired musician. In Lynch Mob, I was a band member, equal cut, equal say. Okay. It was, it was a different situation because, I mean, Ace's thing, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a solo thing, and it doesn't matter what I say or do. It matters. Ace has the final say on everything. Gotcha. But in Lynch Mob, it was like it was a band, you know, and, okay. and uh, that that was just the way the way it was. And um, and then it, it you know it started. He started to make decisions that I didn't agree with, and that that's when I decided to leave. Okay. Uh, like ninety four, ninety three, or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And you did that second run though, when the uh, revolution. Yeah, I did second record. Oh no, I did. I, I toured on. I, I'm on Wicked. I did Wicked. Right. And I did the next record that was the self-titled one. Right. And mm-hmm. I did that tour, and then I quit. Right. <laughs> and then I ended up going back and did doing this run in like '97, 
Mm-hmm. And and then that's when we were all ready to put a band together, and it was going to be George and me, and we were trying to get Oni and Nick back, but uh, it sort of fell apart. And um, then he mm, sort of did the Smoke This record without me knowing about it. Oh, okay. I called him one day, and I'm like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, I'm recording a new list on record. I'm like, how are you doing that when I'm in New York? He goes, oh, I got these young kids, and I'm, I'm doing this rap record. And I was like, oh, huh. man. And then I went back again. I was in A&M Studios walking the halls and saying hi to my buddy Joe Barisi. He was, was doing a record in there. And I went and said hi to him. And George was across the hall doing a solo record mm-hmm. that he was basically redoing all old Dokken and Lynch Mob songs like G2 Could Be or whatever. And um, I just walked in and he goes, you know, I, I don't have a bass player to play on this. Do you want to play on it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I thought it was a solo record, so I got paid a salary. And then when it came out, it came out as a lynch mob record. And I'm like, right. wait a second here. I thought it was a solo album, you know? And I'm like, no, well, now that you, you know, you're on it and Robert's on it, so we're just going to call it lynch mob. And I was like, well, huh. if it's lynch mob, I'm a band member. I'm not a salary guy. Right. You, you know? But that's the way it is with George. You always things always pop up out of left field and you end up getting screwed. <laughs> what do you think, Anthony, about George uh, going back to work with Dokken? I could care less. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I honestly could care less. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I'm in Ace World right now. I'm playing, you know, with the, uh, a true guitar hero that I think is just an amazing great guitar player and uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, would, I mean, we were talking about doing another Violet's Demise record with Oni, Rowan, Scott, and me, which would, I mean, we, it seems like now we have some time off with Ace, so maybe I'll go west and we'll work on that now with Oni and Rowan. Cool. Now, Anthony, do you have any plans to set up another version of Schoolhouse Studios somewhere? Yeah, I have one in my guest house now. I'm trying to build ISO boots as we speak. So I think that's a great idea. I, I sold my Neve console. I had the Neve console from Electric Lady, and I sold it to the guy who owns Telefunk and Microphones. So I'm going to miss that. That's a big part of the sound we used to get. But, um, I mean, I still have the two-inch tape machine and the Pro Tools rig and all the outboard gear. and. And I'm in the middle of Pennsylvania on a horse ranch now, and we have, I guess, my wife and I have started a horse rescue, and we have a guest house, so I, I've kind of set up the studio in there, and I'm looking looking forward to getting back to that. Very cool. Now, Anthony, back to the band. Um, I just want to tell you the feedback that I'm getting from everyone, and everybody mm-hmm. is saying that they think that the the band is not only tighter, but I think people can even tell how much the band is getting along with each other, and everybody's saying that they just think it's a perfect fit right now. Mm-hmm. And it's I'll amazing. <laughs> yeah, oh, I will. I absolutely will. <laughs> and uh, I mean, literally everybody that I've spoken to has said the exact same thing. They, like the band looks great. The band looks like they get along. The band sounds great. And I'll tell you, each you know, I, I had a great time at the the first show, but by the third show, I felt that the band was really in sync. And and like I said, I wish that there were you know a fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, and you know twentieth yeah. show. It's kind of a tease because the way we're touring right now is like. We did maybe 10 shows in the Midwest around November. Right. And then we went, then we had like three weeks off. And then we had like 
10 shows right before Christmas in Europe. And then we had like a month off. And then we did five shows in Australia. And then we had like a month and a half off. And then we did three shows on the East Coast. So it seems like, like it's such a tease because just when we're starting to get really good, it, it's kind of like then we stop. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, we're a rock band. We're an old school rock band. We don't run any samples or loops or there's no pro tools rig under the stage like we what you what you see and what you hear is what you get and like we're all seeing for real and and it's kind of like we we get into a groove and then once we just start hitting our our, our stride it seems like we stop again <laughs> so it, it, we're, we're kind of thing where i think where we need to be out there and just keep playing and 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 showing people that ace is on fire right now he's playing like the best he's ever played and and it's it, it's such a good vibe and it's such a good situation and we're we're laughing and genuinely having fun i mean how did you not have fun playing like shock me with ace freely every night i mean right. it's like <laughs> it's like every kid's dream you know uh, absolutely and that's you know that that also has to be part of the allure of playing with ace just being able to kick back and play all these classic songs and say you know holy crap i got the man playing you know the solos and singing well, along was, to everything my, my first show i ever did ever as a kid was like a talent show in the fifth grade okay and i played four songs two of them were kiss songs and two of them were ramones <laughs> tunes and then i got to play the ramones songs i was in this band called the remains with dd markey and cj and oh, okay. i got to play those those two ramones songs with them and now I'm playing the two Kiss tunes with Ace now every night. So it's kind of like awesome full circle, you know? Right. Absolutely. That's You're completing the circle right there. Yeah, it, it doesn't get any better than that. So for you, you would hope that Ace would have a big long tour lined up and you guys could I just go, go out? out for, I hope we go out for a year. I okay. really do. I, I think that we haven't done enough shows on Anomaly yet to promote that record. That record's so great. Right. We need to get some more of the, the, the Anomaly songs in, into the set list. And it was like, we, we played like maybe five songs off the record live already, but we've never played more than two or three in the set at a time. And I think that we need to bring, like we only did two on this last run of three shows right. in the set. And I think we need to put a couple more in there. And cause it seems like what I've been reading online, people want to hear the new stuff live and, and, you know, but it's so hard because when, I mean, Ace's repertoire is so killer. So it's right. kind of like you look at the set list and you're like, okay, we want to put Foxy and Frio outer space is back in, but, but what are we going to take out? Right. Right. Already right. Like an hour and 45 minutes long. So, you know, yeah, I'd actually seen you guys out in the Viper Room, and you guys did yeah. Sister, Space Bear, and Outer Space. Off yeah, of I don't like to call it Space Bear. I, I, the original title of that song was Scalp, and I think that that song is just a nasty, killer ace lick. And right. <clears throat> to call it Space Bear kind of is like goofing it up a little bit too much. I mean, originally the song title was Scalp, and then they were going to try to put the Tom Snyder Space Bear where, uh, interview over the top of it, and supposedly it didn't work out, so they pulled the interview out, but they kept the name of it as Space Bear. But 
I always call it scalps. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I see what you mean, Anthony, because, you know, it's such a killer tune, and then if you give it a sort of a novelty name, it, it yeah, almost like, diminishes like how calling, killer the tune is. It's like calling Parasite, like, you know, Cupid's Arrow or something stupid right. like that. You right, the I tune mean? is like, awesome, yeah. It's such a nasty lick, and then calling it Space Bear is kind of like doing it no justice, you know? Right. Well, the iTunes version actually does have the... Um, the samples over top of it. There's oh, a space it? bear, yeah, yeah, and there's a space bear reprise, which yeah, has yeah, the it. little sound clips of him, you know, uh, during the interview saying it's a space bear and all that. So we cut it. We cut that live. That was like huh. that was a one. That was a one take in the studio. It was uh, Jam. Ace Santon and me, and we just went for it, and that that's what came out. It's just. It's just a nasty lick. It's so cool. Uh, and originally, I think that he was trying to get Slash to trade off solos at the end, and due to scheduling, it didn't work out. But they, they, the, the end, the ending on that was supposed to be Slash and him trading solos. Okay, cool. Maybe you guys can uh, make that happen live sometime. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. He already came out with us, though. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> well, bring him back up again. And I like, I still think Foxy and Free is one of the the greatest just Ace tunes of all time. So I love it. I want to open with. That. Yeah, believe me. I swear to God, Anthony. I was thinking the same thing. I think that'd be a I great opening track. I mean, I said that from the beginning, and I, like do that, and then go into Rocket Ride and Parasite. You know, right? But like, open open with a new song. Everybody seems to open with a new song. Well, I'll that, I'll put that in Ace's ear, and I know you've already done. <laughs> It, so between both of us, maybe know, we'll make I it happen. It a bunch because it starts off with that. Ticka, 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 ticka. Yeah, it's, it's you know, amazing. All the accents, we could do lighting cues and all that. It would be killer. No doubt, Anthony. Cool. Could or would you mind doing a quick ID for us? No, not at all. Okay, if you could just mention your name, uh, the name of the show, Mars Attacks, and anything else you want to throw in there, that would be cool. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, this is Anthony Esposito from the infamous Ace Freely Band, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Okay. Thanks, cool. Anthony. And can you do a talking metal one, too? Sure. Hi, this is Anthony Esposito from the infamous Ace Freely Band, and you are listening to Talking Metal, your premier metal station. Killer, Anthony. Thanks, man. And I had a great time hanging with you, and I'll see you soon. Let's book some dates. Let's go back out. No doubt. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, Ed. Thanks a lot. E- email me when it, com- when it comes up. Okay, we will do. All right, man. Thanks again. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
Welcome back to Mars Attacks. Uh, successful show, yeah. two interviews. We uh, no we kind of tag teamed it here. We had uh, myself and Victor on uh, the Joey Z one, and John and Victor on the Anthony Anthony, Anthony. Esposito. Yep. Yeah, and Joey Z is a really nice guy. It was really cool meeting him. And Anthony, of course, is just a, a great friend. And Mark, we've we've known him for a long time now. And and uh, Victor, I have to say, it's a great. Experience meeting you in person finally, and uh, great job on Mars Attacks. And uh, I am always impressed when I'm reading Blabbermouth and I see some cool thing that says, you know, Bobby Blitz to appear on Mars Attacks or, or all the different people that you're booking. Good job for doing that, man. Well, I, I try. Mark knows I'm in constant contact with him and, yep. you know, usually throw a lot of feedback around. I throw a lot of crazy ideas at Mark and... It's, it's very yeah, good. Well, and I I love some the fact of which were were great ideas. We we still haven't made them happen, like a Kiss special, maybe a Vinnie Vincent special. By know. the way, there's some Vinnie, some minor Vinnie news. Okay, oh. well, Victor heard a rumor that there was going to be some news. Yes, what, what well, is that's di- news? that's different news. Yeah, Victor, you heard that there's going to be some music coming out from Vinnie, right? No, I just heard from one of um, like a fan forum uh, when I interviewed Bobby Rock a few weeks ago. I contacted them and said hey you know keep a keep an eye out for this interview and they said well by the way keep an eye out in the next few weeks we're gonna have some some news but they left it at that wow yeah okay so that's that's interesting what i read on a website called kissfaq.com and it said that according to some forums some people had said that there might be some new Vinny music coming out that's that's huh. the the news but the news i was referring to originally was that uh Vinny was brought up by Ace or by Eddie Trunk on Ace's interview with Eddie the other day. And out of Ace's mouth, he said last he heard Vinny was wearing a dress. Right. But is that something yeah. he heard? I don't, I, that's the same info. You yeah, probably everybody heard that heard, on, right. uh, on, uh, on the you know, Talking Metal Live.com yeah, yeah. or something. <laughs> and yeah, and but, what's funny though, is that Eddie Trunk seemed to be kind of like, Freaked out? No, I mean, no, no offense, Eddie. Like, I, you know, Eddie's a, a good friend of ours. Eddie seemed to be thinking, "Oh my God, geez, like, you know, I, I just want to know if that's true or not." But Ace was like, "Look, hey, if he wants to wear a dress, fine, let him wear a dress." And Ace seemed to think that, you know, that was just, you know, no, no big deal. Right. Well, there was a couple Kiss fans. These were these were hardcore Kiss fans. I forget their names, and I don't think they wanted their names mentioned regarding this but these guys were hardcore they organized conventions and had people from the actual band you know show up at the conventions these were these weren't just like numbskull kids uh these were on the internet yeah these these were true (laughs) kiss fans you know probably you know in their in their mid-30s late or early 40s for that matter um, re- real respectable guys in the K- Kiss circle. These guys were so in with Kiss that even when um, Kiss played the Garden in the '90s, um, Paul personally had a limo pick them up and take them to the show. And and th- you know they know enough. They're in tight enough with the band where Paul Stanley knows who they are and stuff huh. like that. Uh, you you may or may not know who I'm. No, I know to. exactly who you're referring yeah. to. Yeah, I saw them recently too. But anyways, um, they told me that back in the I believe it was the '90s, they were there was a convention that probably I think took place in Atlanta, and uh, Vinnie Vincent was was hired by them to come 
do whatever he does at the convention, speak. And he did that. He came down to the conventions and, you know, the convention and, and did his thing. And afterwards, they all went out to, to, to dinner with Vinny. And there was maybe six of the convention uh, organizers there with Vinny. And they were all eating. And it was casual. And, you know, and one of them said to Vinny, so what's up next for you? And he's like, well, my wife and I are getting a sexual reassignment. And... And no one laughed. I said to I said, well, he was obviously kidding, right? And he was like, no, I don't think so. I think he was dead serious. I said, were <laughs> people laughing? And he said, no, no. And I said, and you swear he said that. He said, he said it to my face. And he said, he said it with a straight face. But knowing Vinny, because I've actually spoken with Vinny on the phone. Yeah, that's amazing yeah. that you have. And knowing Vinny, he is a, 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 a jokester, a prankster. I happened to think it was just somebody and i think he likes the shock value of things right right, right. i think this is a, a one theory i think that he said that to those people who were you know even though they were rockers these people they were kind of like conservative straight laced you right. know <laughs> not not really into like the alternative lifestyle or, right. or anything like that <laughs> i think he said that to, to freak them out, right? Right, right, right? Because here he is. He's a guy. He, he definitely enjoys wearing pink lingerie and and some makeup, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I I think I think that alone tells you that this is a guy who likes to get a rise out of people, you know. Right. Who likes who likes to have people go, oh my god, look, you know, and 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 freak people out like a lot of rockers do, you know. But instead of like you know, like Gene Simmons spitting out blood and you know and and he, he's 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 acting a little transvestite or even gay if you will you know he, he right. and and that freaks people out and it does and i think vinnie likes to freak people out not my theory is that that's probably where this rumor started because all right. six of these people went very connected and- with kiss all went and started t- telling people that and and it probably ran from there now now after that vinnie's wife ended up i think getting murdered uh up in connecticut Right, um, and it turned out she was uh, a, a prostitute, a prostitute or call girl of some sort. Um, so who knows what happened? Now, yeah. the, now the one thing that gives slight credibility to the rumor is that he did show up at that one convention. What was that? Australia, and he looked very feminine and he had like almost ladies pants and yeah well there was there was a photo you know what that was it was actually not something where he appeared in front of people if if it's what i'm thinking you're referring to it was that there was a store in australia called kiss world and it was like a basically a store where you can go buy kiss products it's not there anymore and the people who organized that store traveled to the u.s with these lithographs and they had Vinny come and sign him. So there is a picture, one picture that exists, and it says like copyright Vinny Vincent, where he, he, you can he's holding a giant lithograph, but right. covering his entire body. So all you see is his head, and then you see his like legs and feet, and he ha- and it appears that he has like ladies' pants and ladies' shoes on. But right. once again. And you know, and then conveniently, he's he's covering his chest area, but where he could as, have had implants. Yeah, he could have had that. But on the other hand, maybe he's just trying to, you know, keep the rumor yeah, well, going. I mean, he's by a guy what, in his in his mid fifties at this point. Yeah. yeah. So I I mean I think he I think I think he dolls it up. I think I think he I, I don't know what his sexuality is. It's a little odd that his wife was a prostitute. Right. You know, he just may be like some kind of 
crazy sexual Maniac weird dude yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but it is a little odd that that he would show up and get all dialed up like that right. you know looking but but that's that's how a lot of the people remember him you know right. he may be, have been trying to embrace the Vinnie Vincent invasion image you right. know and and all that stuff so <laughs> I don't know he's definitely a, a weird weird dude he's definitely still out there somewhere right he's still suing kiss he's like <laughs> he's like I, I just finished Ozzy's book wow. Vinny is like the Bob Days is is like Bob what Daisley, Bob right. Daisley is to Ozzy. Vinny is to Kiss. He really right. is. He's just the guy who keeps popping up with ridiculous lawsuits and. Right. And I know, like Bob Daisley. I feel bad that uh, that's all. You know. But. You know. I do too. But I, I definitely have a whole different opinion on things, especially after reading Ozzy. Well, that's book. good. I'd love to. I've got to read that book, but well, yeah. I just bought it. I'm. I plan on reading it once I get back home. Yeah, well, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> I mean, Ozzy, Ozzy says in the book he was against re-recording those parts. Those he kinda, oh, no kidding. He kind of pawns it off on his wife, you know, but he says he understands it did have to be done. And, he, and he, you know, he really, in, in the book, basically puts, uh, you know, anyways, he puts his, his side of the story forth, and I, I buy his side of the story. I mean, right. you know, it, I mean, it all comes down to one line he says in the book. He says, Bob Daisley thought that, you know, it was a band, and he said it was never a band. It was the Ozzy Osbourne album. It right. wasn't the Ozzy Blizzard Osbourne. Blizzard of Oz yeah, is right. a band. Yeah. Right, right. yeah, and he says, he says if Bob Daisley is so great as he claims that he is in these lawsuits, where are all his hit records before Blizzard and Diary, and where are all his hit records after? after right. And he's right. He's yeah. right. I mean, you know. It, it, there's a you know, and Bob Daisley's like, well, I wrote a lot of the lyrics, and Ozzy, I think Daisley claims he wrote all the lyrics. Ozzy claims he wrote some of them, you know, and Ozzy admits that Geezer wrote you know eighty percent of the Sabbath lyrics, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, Ozzy didn't write the songs. No, wrong. Ozzy wrote all the melodies according to Ozzy to all his songs in Sabbath and right. and I, on I, the solo I, I records, totally believe or most that. of the melodies, and I mean. The bottom line is Ozzy's voice sold those Sabbath records, right? right. Along with Tony's riffs, Ozzy's Ozzy's voice sold his own records, along with Randy Rhodes and, right. and Jakey Lee's riffs. And, and and you know, songwriting aside, I mean, let let's let's look at the Beatles, who are known as the first songwriters in rock music. On their first few records, they only wrote a couple of the songs. You know, uh, Frank Sinatra didn't write any of his songs. You know, right. um, Elvis. I was going to mention didn't Elvis. Write right. many of his songs, but it, it's it's the way they took those songs and and their voice sold the songs. You know, right. if Joe Schmo would have done those Elvis songs they wouldn't have sold you right. know and if, if Joe Schmo would have done those Black Sabbath songs as great as Tony's riffs were right. the, the, they wouldn't and have as, and as and as and as much as he uh, you know invented the heavy metal riffs Ozzy's voice really sold those records and 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 you know it's funny when they got back together for the 1985 Live Aid um you know Ozzy was the the superstar, you know, and 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 you know that was real evident by by that performance, you know, that that uh, the Live Aid, you know, producers wanted Ozzy to rejoin Black Sabbath and all, all this stuff, and 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 you know, I love the I'm a little 
buzzed, by the way. <laughs> hey, you sound very good, Mark. You sound like you're you're really on top of things. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, you sound good. You're really on top of this uh, Jack and Coke right here. Um, uh, yeah, but this is uh, good conversation. This is good conversation. Ozzy, as, as much as I love the Black Sabbath stuff without Ozzy, the Dio stuff is amazing. The Gillen album yeah, was I great. Yeah, love that uh, Ian Gillen, that is. And... Uh, the you know I even enjoy the, the Forbidden the Tony Martin album is a great album but Ozzy will probably win this lawsuit yeah because he is so famous right you know and that's that's what it comes down to you know and, and it's a shame you mentioned this um, in the forum actually right with Ali where you know the scariest part of all of this is that he would make them relabel all those albums to not be Black Sabbath albums. Yeah. You know, and well, I could see him doing that just because he did re-record the Daisley and and, and Lee Kerslick, uh parts. I could see him suddenly going, you know what, the stuff. Okay, I could see him accepting the Dio, Dio stuff, stuff, maybe right. because he he talks about those. He even in the book mentions Born Again, which I was shocked he wow. mentioned it that, in the book. Right. Yeah, um, he said that Don Arden said. Uh, you see that devil on on that baby devil on the um, <laughs> cover of Born Again, and uh, and he was talking to one of his friends. Don Arden is Sharon Sharon's Arden's. dad. Yeah. He goes, he goes, that's my grandkid. Oh my god! <laughs> Referring no to kidding. Ozzy and Sharon's son. Son, yeah. Oh wow. wow. Yeah. But um, I so could see them pulling something like, no, we no longer want those releases to be called Black Sabbath because. Ozzy is the true Black Sabbath, which maybe he is. You know, right. uh, you know. Well, th those re releases were almost more like Tony solo records, weren't they? They were, but 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 still, you you can't change history. Right. I mean, right, I mean, they right. were uh, they were released. You know, Cozy Powell and Tony Martin and, and all these great. You know, even Geezer. I, uh, which one was Geezer on? Forbidden. I think. You know, he, I don't even. He know. was no. He was on uh, Cross Purposes. Cross Purposes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Forbidden was the um, tire and headless cross lineup with Cozy Powell and Neil Murray on Neil bass. Murray, okay, from White Snake, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, would be weird to go back and rename those albums. In that, my and you know, no yeah. one has ever mentioned that in the press. It's just, right. it's just this thing I have in my head. And you might, the only you, reason you, I think that is because he did erase Bob Daisley's parts. Right. You know, but wouldn't it? Um, those albums, a lot of them were named Black Sabbath due to Warner Brothers, right? And also, right. according to according to certain sources, Don Arden wanted to, you know, when when Dio and Tony first got together to work on Heaven and Hell, which Geezer didn't come into the picture until later, right. and Bill Ward for that matter, um, they weren't going to call it Black Sabbath, right? And, and management made them, yeah. And the label wanted it to, to continue to be Black Sabbath, right? You know, cross purposes the same deal. It was supposed to be called uh, Butler, Iomi, Rondinelli, and Martin, right? And at the last second, Warner Brothers or IRS, whoever they were on, said, "No, no, no, we're only putting this out as if it's Black, Black Sabbath." Sabbath yeah. What about Glenn Hughes? What was what was he on? He was on uh, Seventh Star. Seventh Star, which. Coincidentally, was called Tony Iommi's yeah. Black Sabbath. The only record that oh, was okay. Actually... So they actually did call it Tony Iommi's yeah. Black yep. Sabbath. Yeah. Long. That was like what five? five Eric Zinger was on that, right? Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, uh, five guys in the lineup, I think. Yeah, they had um, Dan Spitz's brother was a oh, bass Dave player. Dave the B Spitz. Dave the B Spitz. Oh. They had a, an official keyboard player. Well, um, 
Greg Downs is his name. He was always there, keyboard player. Right, and then player. now he's an official player. So yeah. why, why do keyboard players always, you know, they're always like in the band, but they're not considered a real member? That's just heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. heavy metal doesn't like keyboards. Yeah. I guess. You remember <laughs> Iron Maiden behind the Iron Curtain uh, right. when they went to Poland? Yeah, the guy was like, uh, <laughs> "I play the heavy metal," and Bruce Dickinson was like, "What? What instrument do you play?" Yeah. He's like, "I play keyboard." He's like, "You don't play heavy metal on the keyboard," <laughs> you know? And he's like, "No, I do." He's like, "No, no." no. On, on March fourth, nineteen eighty, poor keyboard player. Yeah, yeah, poor keyboard player. My here's my Rain Man. Uh, a status here on March 4th, 1984. I saw Kiss at the Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I brought a keyboard player friend of mine. And Paul Stanley, like one of the first things he said is, Tonight, you're not going to hear any synthesizers. And, and right. I was like, Oh, my friend's probably like really sad right now, right? So, so what about Derek? Uh, what's his name? Sheridan, or yeah, Sh- Derek Sheridan. He played with Kiss, but right. off stage. And then before Derek, uh, a guy named Gary Corbett, who, who was a who I've met. Yeah, you met yeah. Gary Corbett. Yeah, he's a he's a great guy. We met through him. you actually. Yeah, in Mark Rhode and Island, I. Yeah. yeah, met Paul and Eric Carr and and everybody yeah. up in Rhode Island. And Gary Corbett uh, also played underneath the stage, and uh, was a big part of the sound of uh, the Crazy Nights tour. And he played up until. Uh, he played the Revenge Club tour, and then after that, that's when I think they got Derek Sherinian. Right. But what, a little-known Rain Man fact, uh, Gary Corbett co-wrote the song Shebop, huh. the Cindy, Cindy Lauper tune. Yeah. yeah, so that's Gary Corbett, but a great keyboard player. And anyway, feel Did sorry for all the keyboard the players. No, we should get no. him on. We should definitely get him we, on. We asked somebody about him. We played some of his music, I think. Yeah. We should definitely uh, look Angve him up. Angve was on his record, I believe, and, and wow. even Zach, I think, played on his, his huh. album. Yeah. Solo album. Interestingly enough, getting back real quick to the Vinnie Vincent, at least Vinnie sued for albums, for all the albums he was on. Right. Whereas with Bob Daisley, the odd thing is he sued for the first two. He also played on um, Bark at the Moon, and he played on No Rest for the Wicked. Why has he never sued for those two albums? Yeah, mm, I, that I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, that would, I mean, you would think that if they're withholding wages from the first two albums, they'd do the same for all yeah, three. Right. But. Yeah, who knows? Did you know that uh, that Vinnie Vincent lawsuit with Kiss wound up on Saturday Night Live in the, you know, weekend update? No, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, when, when the most recent Supreme Court, uh, you know, convened, reconvened, that was one of the things that they considered on the first day and i think they basically threw it out and uh and you know uh, what's the girl uh, that does sarah palin uh she T- uh, tina tina, tina Fey. Fey, yeah, yeah she, i think she was the one that announced it but anyway it was so funny that the vinnie vincent lawsuit made it to weekend update on saturday night live yeah that is funny <laughs> There was one where Vinny, he, I think it was a previous one, he sued Kiss, he lost, and then was ordered to pay Kiss's legal fees. Right. right. So that's right. that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that was uh, that was the previous lawsuit to right. this one. This one's what? Regarding Kissery, I guess? I don't even know. This, I think this is regarding maybe Kissology. Or Kissology. Yeah, Kissology, which is, you guys know, the VH1 uh, three DVDs, DVD yeah. box. And then also his... Uh, reference on Gene Simmons' Family Jewels, the A&E show. They reference him? There was something that he claims that, if I, I may be incorrect on this, but I 
thought that he might have said that they said something negative about him on that show, so that was part so, of it. What is that, defamation of character yeah, or something? Yeah, who knows? That, that is a guy that is so obsessed, right. you know, that he's watching every single the move. thing that Kiss uh, is doing, right? Jeez, if Talking Metal wanted to start suing the people who talk bad about them, <laughs> yeah, we'd, be, we'd be, uh, you know. We'd have a lot of lawsuits Yeah, we'd have on. a lot of lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you guys think he disappeared? I mean... Is it because he owed money? Because there were so many rumors that he owed all I this think, money. Yeah. The, the, now, the same guy who told me the story about them meeting and him saying he was having sexual reassignment um, <laughs> told me that that he, at some of these other ones, I, it, maybe it was the Australia thing where he showed up. He didn't want to leave the airport. Like he yeah, showed up there. Right, he right. wanted to sign the merchandise that they'd given him $11,000 or something to come there to sign right, some right. stuff. And he showed up and, and he was so paranoid that somebody was going to try to kill him right. that he did not want to leave the airport. Um, huh. But they, I some, I guess, got him too because it was in the agreement that he right. would. It's weird. Uh, uh, and I mean, just, just really, really strange behavior. And, I don't, and like I said, I spoke with the guy once on the phone yeah, when he was a, doing an cool. interview on, um, you know, RPM Radio in Chicago when I was a kid, and uh, he was all doped up or something. Wow. Then, so I don't know <laughs> if he's got like cocaine paranoia or bipolarism or what his deal Apparently is. Apparently, he he put out some pre-orders for some kind of Vinnie Vincent box set that was right. hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, he never delivered it. Right, and but I don't think that's enough to be worried that like you know people are going to be killing you. I mean, that's well. I saw him at the uh, T-neck Kiss convention when he was doing that run. T-neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Fairly Dickinson T-neck. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I know Fairly Dickinson. I saw him and... at the Jersey City Kiss Expo. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jersey City's yeah, at least bigger, bigger than, than T-neck. Yeah, yeah well, he walked out, and he had six guys around him. Wow. And I remember at the time they said that his... What year was that? Uh, it was whenever he put out that last EP, so it was like 95, 96, right, right. something like that. Wow. And at the time, the rumor was that he his hero is John Lennon, and he's scared of succumbing to the same thing. Yeah, but that nobody's out there looking. <laughs> I mean, like like about three people know who Vinnie Vincent is. Right. Right. Like yeah. John yeah. Lennon was. I mean, I love Vinnie Vincent, but, you know. Right. Unless you're some kind of kiss nut, like you're not going to know who Vinnie Vincent is. Right, right. No, I'm uh, Obviously. And, you know, it was another thing that I brought up with Mark with all those invasion years. Supposedly he was he was bald underneath. He was wearing all these ridiculous wigs after wow. Lick It Up. So we probably see him. I now. don't think he was like like a guy who was totally bald. I just think that his I mean, my thought was always just that his hair was kind of like, you know, he thin wanted or, this thin. Yeah. He had thin hair and he wanted this giant glammy looking hair. That's what I thought. <laughs> Could there. be. Yeah, interesting. Uh, who knows, uh, Vinnie Vincent? Interesting person. I'd love to have him on the podcast. Yeah, uh, Vinnie Vincent. I'd love if to you're have listening, Jakey Lee. Yes. Yeah, Jake would be another yeah. great one. Yeah. Two guys just just vanished literally. Yeah. I mean, Jake released something a few years ago. Yeah, cover, and, cover of something or yeah, it was all cover tunes. It was yeah. him with um, the bass player from Cactus, I think. Um, oh, wow. And the drummer was uh, Ansley Dunbar, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, that's another drummer, yeah. another guy from White those Snake, old uh, days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't a recall who night. the singer was, but it was all blues material. <laughs> and yeah. he, he did release um, an instrumental album previous to that, Fine Pink Mist, right? which is actually pretty good as far as, I mean, I'm not big on instrumental albums, but his album I actually appreciate. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, he never backed... 
or never came back with anything as good as Badlands afterwards. You know, was- yeah, that first Badlands Badlands record was great, and I have I actually now have the second one, which I used to have on cassette, but then I lost. But I somebody got me a download of it, uh, and it's not bad. It wasn't quite as. I have good the as third the one as well. well um, okay, I don't even know the third one. Yeah, yeah, the third one was the demos that they were working on, and some of the material uh, Ray Gillen actually used on a solo album. He he put a solo album together, or it wasn't even a solo album. It was a project called Sun Red Sun, which was... I remember that. Yeah, it was uh, Bob Rondinelli, who we mentioned before from Sabbath. Right. And the bass player was the uh, original Alice in Chains bass player. Mike, Mike Starr. Star. Mike wow. Starr, yeah. He's now on a VH1 show. Yeah. And uh, the guitarist, I don't remember who it was, but some of the songs ended up on that. And then the huh, rest are all interesting. a demo format on that... Um, uh, Badlands album. I don't remember the title right now, though. Right. Hey guys, I Dusk. Know we... Dusk is That's the title. Dusk. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I know we got to wrap it up, but I want to throw yeah, out three bands since we're having like this round table metal conversation <laughs> and see if you guys you don't have anything to say about these bands. Helix. Uh, Helix. Uh, you know, I don't have much to say. Heavy. Heavy. What was their song? Heavy Deep metal. Deep cuts love? the knife. Uh, that rock you. Rock you? Do they have a song "Heavy Metal Love" though? Yeah, it sounds very familiar. "Heavy Metal Love." Yeah, Yeah. German band, right? I thought they were from Canada. Yeah, Yeah, they're Canadian. Uh, See, that's how much I know about them. Okay, (laughs) Helix. What do you What do you think about Helix? Yeah, "Deep Cuts the Knife" is the only song that I remember by them, and that was. Remember that one? Give me an R R O O C K. What you got, Rock? What you gonna do? Yeah, I do remember that. That was a pretty good tune. Brian Vollmer, I think he was. uh, Singer or the guitarist. Okay, how about this band, Kick Axe? Again, we had one of those guys. Do we have a guy from Kick Axe on the podcast? You know, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Kick Axe, I, I thought they were a good band. I cannot name any of their songs. How about Lee Aaron? Lee, Lee Aaron, Metal uh, Metal Mistress Queen or, or something? Metal, metal Queen. Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah metal, metal Queen. Queen. I have yeah. that record. On, oh, cool. I, I bought it on CD recently. Martin Popoff calls Lee Aaron the the worst Canadian metal act of all time. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, gave most of her records zero stars. Wow. She looked great up on yeah. stage. She uh, she really rocked the, the, the spandex, if you will. And yep. um, she <laughs> basically just disappeared. I heard she had a comeback a number of years ago. Though. But yeah, I do have I do have some of her stuff right. on, on the she, iPod. Yeah, she's either a jazz or opera singer now. Something and like she that. She doesn't yeah. want to wow. yeah. refer to anything of her metal years or wow. anything right. like that. She's yeah. not into it anymore. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 Metal Queen record, which again I do have uh, recently listened to, not that great. Not that great. <laughs> no. no, but um, you know, uh, bitch was a good. Yeah, yeah, that, right. Uh, I remember them, Betsy time. Bitch. I, yeah, I actually right. do like them. Uh, there, that that held the test of time, and I always like the Wendy O. Williams stuff. Too. Yeah, still, right. It was great. Still holds the test of time, definitely. No doubt. I liked Kerrang Magazine. The reason I'm naming all these bands is mo- many of them I've seen in old Kerrang magazines. Right. Let's talk about Krang. Krang. I used to have to go to. Uh, a special store yeah, to buy, and it right. would be enclosed in in cellophane, yep. you know. Yep. And uh, you couldn't buy it in in regular newsstands. Right. It was imported, and it used to have the, you know, three pounds sticker yeah, on right, it or something, right. you know. And then they have the the uh, like American price, yeah, just, on just a different stuck sticker. on, yeah. Right. So Krang was a was a, a great, great magazine. magazine. Yeah. The first time I ever bought it, it came with a free 
floppy flexi disc, uh, right? Flexi yeah. disc of uh, of Quiet Riot. They had wow. just released the record. I didn't get that one. Uh, Metal Health and um, who my cousin Joel had turned me on to Quiet Riot and uh, they uh, they had the record. I still have it somewhere. That's and, cool. and you know. One of those funky monkey podcasts or whatever that was. Uh, remember that <laughs> podcast like five years ago? He played the record. Oh wow! Yeah, and it was. It's like it's like, or maybe we put. No, we did we? Maybe play we it? played. No, it. We could have. No, I, I don't think remember. we played it. Five years ago. It's yeah, but anyways, uh, it was like, hey, this is Kevin Dubrow, Quiet Riot, and wow. here's my new song, and it was like Slick Black Clad wow. Cadillac, and they do a sound up, and then it'd come back, and he's like. I'm so happy to be here giving you uh, this sneak preview oh, on my Krang of, you know, and it, it was uh, the first, it was, I had heard Metal Health and uh, Come On, Feel the Noise on the radio, but uh, it was the first time I heard Slick Black, Black Cadillac, yeah. Well, that, that song, um, I believe, dates back to the Randy Rhodes years. It does, actually. yes, yes, yeah, definitely. So, in Kerrang, I mean, Kerrang, I had known from going overseas to Spain every year, and it was readily available in all the newsstands yeah. over there. It was Kerrang and um, Metal Hammer. Metal Hammer right, were yeah. the two big ones. And it was always a thing where, you know, they either had albums or stickers or posters or something extra to get you to buy their That mag- yes. flexi disc thing was cool back in the day. It was like a yeah, they used to do that plastic gu- record. Exactly. And guitar player, too. Oh, wow. You used to be able to get. Uh, a flexi disc of like I like I remember the first time I heard uh what was that Joe Satriani song um sleeping with the alien no, no. it was uh, it was surfing like, surfing with the alien <laughs> sleeping it was like see I'm thinking of that I want to sleep with, with female aliens I don't know <laughs> sleeping with the alien no it was the it was um uh, it, 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 there was a, a Joe Satriani song that was on the guitar player uh, flexi disc. It was a headless and, horseman or something like uh, that. Was, even before, was the EP it was a live EP and it had one. Okay. One, uh, it was like uh, something uh, Ice Nine or Crushing Day. Cru- I think it was Crushing Day. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it was probably that. Not sure. I'm not sure. But um, that was on there. Dweezil Zappa and Frank Zappa together doing Charlena, which was the Zappa song. Wow. And Dweezil soloed on it. He was 16 at the time. Jeez. First time I ever huh. heard him. And just shredded. I mean, amazing. Uh, but, yeah, that was a, Eric Johnson. Oh, I love Stuff him. released in there. And the, the guitar player used to do that thing back in the, the days of Now they just put actual CDs and DVDs in yeah. magazines. Well, right. CDs yeah. are so Easy, yeah, yeah, cheap and, and easy, worthless, right? Know, at right. this point, yeah. <laughs> One thing I am trying to get: do either you guys have the Iron Maiden tribute CD that Krang released? No, has, I have uh, it. Yeah, wow. you got to get me that. Okay, yeah, I, you got to get me a, a copy. I have of that. Dream I have. Theater does uh, to tame a land. Right? Yeah. yeah. Do you know that they're touring with Iron Maiden now? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. I want to see that. Yeah. And the rumor is Coheed and Cambria is opening up. For oh, them. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, they're a Jersey City or somehow related. Yeah, to one Jersey of the guys City, is right? from Jersey City. I think the rest of them are from up uh, in Kingston, New York. Oh, yeah, okay. But, yeah, local band for sure, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, Return to Earth, Cue Balls band has yeah. been signed to Metal Blade. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Huh. They sold like ten copies. Yeah, and Ronan, yeah. Mark's band Ronan actually sold more copies than Return to Earth was signed, which makes me believe that Ronan or anything that we're working on could possibly be well, signed to Metal Blade. Yeah, Ronan won't be because I think we're it's pretty much broken done, up. But, yeah, um, but maybe we'll do a Talking Metal album. Yeah, man. I, I mean, 
I would be into it, especially if I thought there was any chance we could recoup the money that would have to go into it. Right, yeah. right. If um, we can just break even and maybe make yeah. a little money, it'd yeah. be cool. But at this point, we have so many friends who are musicians that are well-known musicians who kind of dig what we're doing. And I think that we could easily get them to jam with us. Right? Yeah, I think it's a possibility, definitely. Yeah, no doubt. Do some uh, recording with us, definitely. Right. We'd like, like the to talking uh, metal jams. Yeah, but. we'd like to bring that back. John and I actually were talking about yes. that recently. Yeah. So, so guys, be sure to tune in every Thursday night for Mars Attacks. What are we looking at next week, Victor? Next week, we're gonna have a um, all music show. Okay. Gonna be centered around metal from the '90s. I think uh, the '90s got a bad rap as far as metal is concerned, and right. there's a lot of great stuff that came out that you know uh, maybe took the place of. Uh, what people were listening to at the late eight, during the late eighties, or people that had switched over to grunge and maybe didn't, you know, check out Testaments Low or things like that that came out during that uh, decade. So you'll have two hours of nothing but nineties metal. Cool. Now, what about groups like Slaughter? I was a fan of those, but I know that kind of gets lumped into sort of a glammy thing. What do you think of those bands? Well, here's the thing: the the one band that I always sort of go to bat for is Tesla. Okay, yeah. In the sense that a lot of people say, ah, oh, you know, they're an 80s band and, you know, they're a hair band and they were never really, you know, an image-orientated band. Uh, they came out towards the end of the 80s, you know, sort of like GNR. You know, right. would you lump GNR in with the hair bands, you know, after all these years? Right. No, think, right. Yeah, I don't they, think they wouldn't be would. lumped in the same category as Poison or, right. you know, Cinderella or any of those guys. Right. So, and what I try to do is give a broad spectrum of what took place. You know, I did a 90s, or I'm sorry, an 80s special for last week, and I did have, you know, Y&T, but I did have Metallica, I did have Testament, you know. I sort of try to give you a little of everything. I even had Poison in there, cool. so. Very good. So you Well, know. I'm sure it's going to be a great show, guys, and make sure you listen to Mars Attacks on MarkStriegelRadio.com and on iTunes. Definitely. Guys, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, I'd love to repackage this whole thing in either a Mars Attacks podcast or possibly Talking Metal or right. both, maybe. If yeah, you guys let's are do it. That. Do it up. Uh, thanks to Jody and uh, Jake from Everybody Bionic, at Bionic. for hanging out. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Thanks and, to the guests, Anthony yeah. Esposito and Joey Z. Yep. Cool. And... Um, yeah, and thank you, Victor, for having me on your show. Oh, and man. Mark, too. Th thank you guys for uh, stopping by and adding some much-needed I hope banter. we didn't hijack <laughs> the Mars Attack show from you. No, no, no. It was fine. I think cool. everything worked out great. And like I said off mic, you know, there were certain things where, you know, it was definitely, uh, uh, you know, it was good that you guys chimed in, you know, absolutely added to everything. So Thank you. Cool. Great. Guys, have a good night. We're going to sign off right now. Talking Metal out, Mars Attacks out. Take care, guys. Good night. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. 
Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.